everyone. Welcome to the Farm Commons podcast, where we explore timely and important legal issues and questions facing the farming community today. For community-based farms with a focus on sustainability, managing legal risks is especially important as many innovative farm enterprises like community-supported agriculture programs, on-farm suppers, and gardening classes, and unique arrangements for land access and employment do not fit neatly into our legal system, leading to vulnerability. But through legal education, we can cultivate greater resilience for your farm business so that you can continue to grow in ways that best support you, your relationships, and your community. At Farm Commons, we'll show you why and how. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Farm Commons podcast. This is Eva here, and I am so excited to be recording our first episode this year, uh, March 2021. Wow, what a year it has been since last March. We've come through so much with the the global pandemic and um, the farming season that has had to evolve around with that. And I feel like we are in a new place this spring as we welcome the season of spring. And we have a lot of exciting changes that have occurred at Farm Commons um, since since last year that we're excited to explore and explain and share stories about with you all today. So I'm here with our executive director and founder, Rachel Armstrong, and we are gonna talk about yeah, what's going on at Farm Commons uh, and what 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 has happened and what has evolved and where we're at now and where we've come from since COVID-19 had given us a basket of lemons to deal with. So, hey, Rachel, how's it going? Hi, Eva. It's going good and uh, glad to be talking with you. Yeah, likewise. So let's dive right in. How, how would you describe how COVID-19 has affected our organization here at Farm Commons. Right. It is really interesting to think back over the last 12 months and to to remember what I was thinking a year ago in March 2020. Um, And at the time, it was like, oh, you know, um, okay, it looks like there's a pandemic. Well, let's give it six to eight weeks, you know. Oh, sure, sure. You know, the state's going into some a lockdown once once this blows over you know I'm sure we'll be we'll be fine well you know what do you know a year later (laughs) and it didn't quite work out that way right in the early days of the pandemic farm commons you know we had some we had some workshops scheduled, um, and for anyone who's not familiar, Farm Commons has has always done a lot of workshops nationwide, and we do them in person. Um, our staff travels around the country, and we you know set up shop for a day and um, host you know a couple dozen farmers um, for a day long workshop. Uh, we also do the same with ag professionals, so um, extension educators and folks around the country that work with farmers. Um, so the first thing we had to do when when the pandemic, you know, reared its ugly head was cancel some of the most immediate uh, workshops that we physically could not travel to um, and uh, and things like that. So that was a bummer. And then we we quickly were like, oh, no problem. We'll just reschedule. So <laughs> we had it in mind that we would reschedule these things maybe for a few months or, oh, my goodness, worst case scenario, fall of 2020. Then 
became more known to us for for what it would be we ended up canceling more and more workshops and at the end of the day we were canceling about 18 in 2020 and then we went ahead and canceled everything in 2021 as well so uh, it was almost two dozen engagements around the country that we had to wipe off the calendar and um and completely think about in a new way um you know, we were not going to go for a year and a half without reaching farmers with um, with the, our educational opportunities and our resources. So we had to make some really big decisions about what uh, what did this pandemic mean to Farm Commons. What a lot of people were doing at the time was convert to online. And so we, we saw that happening and, you know, we knew that that was an option for us as well. Um, you know, especially for the workshops that still weren't for another six weeks to two months out. Um, you know, I'm sure you remember this too. We were in staff meetings and saying, well, you know, we could, we could host it online. We could, you know, make this a virtual workshop. Um, and Zoom fatigue wasn't quite as much of a thing then as it has become, but, you know, I think it's, I think it's really good that Eva, you and I and the rest of our staff sort of thought of ourselves sitting in an eight hour Zoom meeting and thinking, <laughs> no, please, <laughs> let's not. <laughs> for sure, for sure. How to draw a boundary line there. Exactly, exactly. So what was, uh, what was an eight hour in-person workshop that had snacks and you know, um, coffee and lunch and small group discussions <laughs> all of a sudden was not just going to become a Zoom meeting. So, so, you know, we looked at that and thought, um, this, is, this is not a, a one for one. You know, this is not a just take what used to be in person and put it online. Um, you know, I think we all felt that hesitancy and we didn't really know where we were going to go with this, but we knew we knew we had to invest we knew we had to really rethink what we were doing with education. Yeah, for sure. And Rachel, I just want to pick up on a short thread that you shared, and that's we in the farm educational space had to convert online. And it's like, oh, yeah, just convert online. What, you know, deceitful two words can mean is like, an, an enormous amount of work. It's like, no way, it's not just convert online. There's so much thought and energy and careful planning to take all of those intimate experiences that farmers have in a room while getting coffee together or chatting over lunch about the curriculum that's being presented and how do we share that in a virtual space. So the past year has really been so much about thinking out of the box, brainstorming ways to use Zoom as a tool, but not just as a funnel to jump all of the the material of the presentation and um, yeah it's, it was not a box to put farm law education into but rather we had to think out of the box about how we deliver farm law education through a global pandemic and I'm I'm excited about what we've been able to put together in the past year so would love to hear uh, mm -hmm. more about your take on what we've we've made out of all of those changes absolutely absolutely in the end um, the, the COVID pandemic really forced us to look differently at what online education could be. You know, once we realized, okay, this is something we have to do. 
you know, this, this pandemic is not going to end real soon. We're, we have to continue to reach farmers and we're gonna have to do it in a way that doesn't gather people in a room. We know we're not just going to cram what we have into the online box, like you say. Um, and that opened up a lot of creativity for Farm Commons. It, it allowed us to really think differently about what we're doing and, um, and where, are there, where are there more opportunities? You know, what, uh, what else could we achieve if we are able to, to leverage online education? What could that mean for our reach? Uh, and that was that was really exciting, actually. And this was about summer of last year. So, you know, we had made the decision. All right, fine. You know, we're this this pandemic sticking around. We gotta we're going to have to meet farmers. We're going to have to do it online and we're going to do it in a totally different way. We're not just going to repeat what we've done in person. Once we gave ourselves that space, we were able to sit down for a couple of months and say, really, what do we want this to look like? What do we really want to provide to our community? Knowing that we're about to invest in some online infrastructure, you know, we're not, we're not gonna go halfway. We're going to make sure that this um, educational modality, you know, this online learning really means something to the community that we serve. That allowed us to think about all kinds of other things for the organization. Okay, if we're going to if we're going to build some online infrastructure for workshops, well, what else should we do for our website? You know, what other changes have we been thinking about and where are the weaknesses with what we're doing in a broader sense and how can we address those weaknesses? So that was really fun. It was it turned out to be a really fun process to take a enormous plate of lemons and a bunch of canceled workshops and say, what's the biggest, most delicious batch of lemonade that, that we can make out of this? You know, how can we really take this to live more deeply into our values, to achieve our mission on a deeper level, um, and to take this as an opportunity to, uh, to make that happen? That I think proved to be really fun. <laughs> yes, for sure. It has on the other side of the shock and the fear and allowing us ourselves the space to explore and get creative, it did turn out to be fun. Um, I can put in my vote of confidence having come out on the other side of all that work to where right. we are now. So yeah, we'd love to hear more, Rachel, about um, what, what else did the changes motivated mm -hmm. by COVID-19 allow us at Farm Commons to do in pursuit of our mission, which for those of you who um, aren't familiar with us and are just tuning in for the first time, welcome. And those of you who have maybe been out of touch, but because we've just launched our, our brand new website and new programming, you've refound us. Welcome back. Uh, as a reminder, our mission at Farm Commons is to empower farming communities to resolve your farm law or farm business law issues within an ecosystem of support. And so much of our work over the past year has been to figure out how to cultivate that ecosystem of support in the virtual space. So Rachel, tell us about what space we've created. Yeah, yeah. Well, Farm Commons is almost eight years old. And if I think back to when, when I founded the organization, you know, if I was gonna describe what we do, it was, oh, well, we teach farmers in the agricultural community about farm law. Sounds easy, sounds straightforward, we teach. That is not the deepest expression of our mission and what Farm Commons really uh, means to, to agricultural producers. Uh, like you alluded to, uh, teaching, teaching doesn't get at empowerment. 
teaching can be powerful, but teaching in its strictest sense is, you know, let me tell you a few things. Let me tell you some stuff. Let me convey to you knowledge. People say knowledge is power, but is it really? Is knowledge really power? There's definitely a line where knowledge does not immediately translate into power. And very much that's the case in, in the law. Sometimes just knowing what you should do isn't enough. That doesn't mean you can actually do it. It doesn't mean that, you know, if once you learn what you have to do, but that thing is not right, is not just or good for you and your operation, well, then where are you? Do you, do you have any more power because you know that thing? Sure, you do. You know about the injustices of the world. You know about your barriers. But how do you get authentic power? How do you actually move beyond that knowledge into a more resilient farm business? And I'll tell you one thing, if Farm Commons does not result in a more resilient farm business, then we, we have not arrived. You know, we're not there. So this was really an opportunity for us to look deeply at what are the, what are the authentic limits of a, of a straight educational approach. Uh, and we, at, at Farm Commons, we had really been thinking about that actually for a few years. We had been recognizing Oh, there is really a limit to what education can provide. You know, we can we can teach farmers all the day long that they've got to call their insurance agent and ask about a policy for XYZ. But if they don't have an insurance agent in their area that can work with them or they can't afford the policy, then we're done. You know, we're still not progressing towards resilience. So uh, this was this was a really big chance for us to think about um, uh, reorienting towards empowerment more deeply. Um, thinking about what can our website do and what can our, our delivery of workshops do to, to manifest more power. So what, we, what we've known is that when it comes to farm law, some of the power of, of business law comes from consensus. Uh, business law is unique. Um, you know, it's different than, than, you know, a strict regulatory approach, um, you know, do these things, um, you know, fill out this form. Uh, business law, especially when it comes to agreements like LLC operating agreements, bylaws, leases, when it comes to documents like that, individuals have a lot of power to shape the rules that they want for themselves and for their businesses. They can write that document um, in a you know, to describe the rules that they agree to with their, their, their peers and their business um, colleagues. And then if push comes to shove and we end up in a courtroom, our document, our agreement is the one that will bind us. Not the rules that someone else set out for us, not the statutes that we turn to if we don't have an agreement. We have that proactive power to set the rules for ourselves. This is a lot of this is a lot of power that we have as a community, but it's even stronger when we can act in concert with each other. Now, if if one farmer writes a really innovative lease or a really innovative operating agreement, that's cool, and the law is going to is going to honor that. In most, you know, in most situations, there's always an exception. But in most situations, if we end up in a courtroom, the law will say, "Hey, it's a very novel agreement," but We'll go ahead and enforce it because it's our job. But now, if 100 farmers in a community are also adopting that innovative model, 
and acting consistently with each other um, and communicating about how they're writing their leases, what their bylaws say and how they're moving towards things like resolving disputes or you know, accounting for the cost of cover crop seeds, you know, whatever the case may be. When we have consensus, our legal system starts to recognize that. Our legal system will start to look at the consistent practice of farmers in an area or even across the country and say, wow, okay, okay, I see how these farmers are doing it. That then, then that recognition of consensus can work its way into the common law. Common law for anyone who's not familiar is, is uh, laws and rules that evolve outside of legislative offices. They're not laws that are passed by you know, a representative body or a government agency or anything like that. They are rules that a court recognizes over time through the practice of individual people. So when farmers act in concert and come to consensus about what a lease should require, that can actually become law over time when it's acknowledged by a judge in certain situations. So what can Farm Commons do about that? How can we create space for farmers to be aware of what each other is doing, to talk about what they're doing, to brainstorm solutions, to discuss solutions? And then over the long term, playing the long game, because you know we're in it for the long game here, uh, how can we foster that kind of natural evolution? If we can do that, then resilience is ours to be had when we can have that kind of community where we can um, talk about our, our, our contracts and our agreements um, and, and achieve that kind of consistency and then see it recognized by a court. So, so power, you know, that's, that's, a, that's how we can deeply deliver power to the community that we serve. So COVID was a chance really for us to look at that and, and, and say, look, we've been thinking this for years, but we have not found the opportunity to really integrate those concepts into our programming in a, in a, in a real life, you know, um, evolving sort of way. So COVID was a huge opportunity to, to, to think about that. Some of the things that people will well, recognize just as of March 1 um, in the ways we're trying to live that out. They'll see a few things on our website. One of the most basic things is if you go to our website and you're looking for an answer to your question, um, you're gonna see our, you, you can click on our library. And our library will, will present to the farmer different ways that they're thinking about their own legal dynamics. It'll, it, it, it recognizes the questions we're asking ourselves as entrepreneurs and producers. Hey, I'm gonna hire somebody, what should I be thinking about? Or gosh, I'm gonna have an event on my farm soon. Mm, should I be worried about someone falling in a hole or getting bitten by a goat? So we're asking the questions that farmers ask themselves in a more natural way. We used to distribute PDFs and, and that was cool and PDFs have their virtues, uh, but um, you know, taking a really problems-based approach to it, I think more deeply speaks to the experience that farmers are having themselves. So I'm pretty proud of that. I really like the way we're explaining how legal issues come up um, and pointing folks to, to pathways. Pathways is a new word you'll see on our website. 
pathways are how we describe how to use our resources, how to tackle a legal issue, how to, you know, get your legs under you when you know you've got a problem, you're trying to fight, figure out how to solve it. So that's some really fun stuff that, uh, that we're working on. We're also, um, you know, working on the issues of consensus. That's really dependent on, um, on networking too. So thinking about those issues, we had a chance when we looked at our workshop redesign to think about how do we, how do we more deeply leverage networking um, and, and, and discussion through our workshop? Because that's where we're gathering farmers together. You know, on a good day, we've got, you know, 35, maybe even as many as 50 farmers in a room and at least 10. And we've got this rich conversation and these, these diverse voices uh, speaking to us. So I'm sure you'll remember that back in July, really in August 2020, I said, hey, Eva, time to rewrite the curriculum. <laughs> time to crack open this, uh, you know, this, this incredible curriculum that we have been really proud of. You know, and I was really proud of the old version too. But, you know, that was really when we said, all right, let's rewrite this this." this item let's rewrite this curriculum and let's really lean into our values and our deepest mission um and you know i gave you some standards i was like well please don't make people be on zoom for a long time <laughs> you know break it into break it into segments um and and let's see what you can do and i i will just a little foreshadowing for anyone listening eva did an amazing job and she's probably not going to toot her own horn enough but eva Tell us how you did it. Tell us what you <laughs> turned our curriculum into and uh, our, our workshops. I'd be happy to. And thanks, Rachel, for uh, that positive vote of affirmation of, of the workshop transformation into the virtual space. But before going too deep into the details of the new version of the workshop, I do want to lift up this the focus that you shared about power and the intersection of power with farm law and the I really appreciate the expansive picture of power that you painted in regards to business transactional law um, because so much of the law is it is knowledge and not that knowledge is not accessible to all peoples um, depending on where they are who they are what they look like and um, what what resources are available to them and even then once we know about what the law says, what our state laws say, what the federal laws say, um, much of that, that knowledge, we can't do much about it other than do what it says or, or not and what happens if we don't. And so the power of having conversations about unique solutions that work on unique farms based on whether they are cover cropping in partnership with the landowner or uh, putting together unique uh, entry into farm businesses and unique pathway for that in terms of investment or other really inspiring cooperative arrangements. All of those agreements are based on conversations that farmers have with each other. And through those conversations, so much is possible that then once written down becomes the agreement and the basis for, for resiliency on the farm. And so many farmers who have come to our eight hour in-person workshops are like, always ready. I'm, I admire you all for being ready with your notebooks and your pen, ready to write down the laws that you need. And then 
once they come through the workshop experience, they realize, oh my gosh, I can look inward. I can go to my ideas. I can go to my peers and we can come up with, with a new solution all on our own. And um, what you shared, Rachel, about common law and how it develops over time based on what a community, what's what conventions they're developing and holding over time can become the new standard, I think is something that we can be inspired by and also be proactive about. And that is really the thrust of the the new version of our Farm Law 101 workshop. And it's now called Discovering Resilience, a legal workshop for farmers and ranchers. And I took to heart Rachel's charge of um, don't make it too long. <laughs> you know, Zoom is going to be a part of it. But how can we really maintain and amplify our core values of um, farmer empowerment, um, resiliency through business transactional law, which when grounded in um, agreements that are based on our needs and our authentic goals, which we find out when we talk to each other about you know, matters that are very much intertwined with our livelihoods, our families, the way we meet our basic needs. Like this, this is really um, hard, important and sensitive stuff. And, you know, there is that saying out there, talk is cheap, but at Farm Commons, talk is absolutely not cheap. It's a lot of hard and important work. And so that is what we are doing in those Zoom meetings. <laughs> So the workshop that was seven to eight hours long, we crammed it all in a day, is now parceled out over the course of five weeks. And over the course of the five-week Discovering Resilience workshop, we cover five core areas of farm law, our bread and butter subjects of business structures and insurance, employment law, land leasing and purchasing, and we wrap up with diversification into agritourism, ventures, and value-added good production. So we deliver the core content, the legal knowledge um, of each of those subjects through offline modalities. So through videos and readings and activities, um, as well as, you know, weekly assessments to help understand where the learners are at, what they're getting from it, and how we can better serve them in the following weeks. And then we meet online once a week for a really engaging two-hour meeting where we build on the legal concepts with uh, effective communication tools and um, planning processes to support the action steps, which are the objectives of the workshop. So every farmer who enrolls in our workshop will learn the 10 best practices for achieving baseline legal resilience. And from those 10 best practices, they select the ones that they feel their farm business needs to take. And they put those together into a priority list and at the end of the five weeks, they have their farm law action plan ready to go for implementation. And so one of the big changes from the in-person to the virtual workshop is at the end of the, the full day workshop, farmers would have their farm law action plan. But because we spent all those hours delivering the core legal knowledge about the 10 steps and their their greater legal context and a answering and sharing questions about the nuances of each step. How, you know, how does that work this way? Why doesn't it work this way? Um, we weren't able to offer supportive tools for implementing the action plan, which include 
you know, how do you open up a conversation with your landlord about getting a lease in writing? How do you approach your business partner about um, making plans for, for other people entering into the farm business as owners or members? Um, and what happens about what happens when one of us decides to exit the farm business? You know, those are hard conversations to have and it takes time to plan and strategize how to open up for those conversations and how to um, really authentically share needs and goals in a way that, that won't raise the other's defenses and increases the chance of a successful agreement that can then be penned down into an LLC operating agreement, a corporation's bylaws, uh, a lease, or um, even a uh, community-supported agriculture agreement. So there's so much more possibility that we've been able to unlock through the virtual transition and that we now have five weeks to deliver the core core legal content where farmers can really ruminate on each of the 10 steps, do some additional reading, do activities, and then come to the meeting ready to engage with their peers about questions, brainstorm ideas in relation to their action plan. And because all of this is in virtual space and because for a long time farm commons we resisted going virtual because of the value that's possible in person we knew that a tangible component to the workshop was so important for making the experience uh, just that more tangible more connected beyond the screen so we worked with our web developers made by we shout out to liz rose and jason you guys are superstars and we put together a beautiful workbook it's um, you know like hard stock paper color there's pictures of farmers that we've worked with to deliver workshops over the years and quotes about how they made farm law decisions and how they impacted their farm and the workbook is the checklist for putting together what which of the 10 steps you as a farmer want to take to be part of your farm law action plan and we provide um, a system for accountability you can put in a start date and a deadline for when you want to complete a step uh, we suggest associated actions to take in support of each step um, and interactive activities that help help you to understand common insurance coverage options for common risks on the farm, as well as how to prioritize business governance issues with a partner with movable cards that you could take in your pocket and have with you ready at your next meeting. So we've put a lot of effort and thought and time and hope and prayers and meditations into uh, what the greatest manifestation of our virtual workshop offering could be and I think at least speaking for myself I'm pretty proud of what the outcome has been we've we've got two workshops going on right now we're in March 2021 and um, almost you know over 40 farmers are enrolled and showing up each week with questions for their peers um, you know affirmation of the conviction they have in taking the step of calling their insurance agent to update their policies to account for new activities that they have going on on their farm on 2021 and having their peers chime in with that's a great idea I should do the same thing or yeah my insurance agent gave me this quote for that same same activity I'm curious to connect with you further about your experience so um, we're seeing all of a lot more of our goals come to fruition through the virtual space and uh, yeah I think Rachel, we were able to make some pretty good lemonade <laughs> out of what right. COVID handed us. Right. I uh, I used to like our workshop curriculum, the the eight hour in person one, and then you made the online 
version. Um, and we did we did our you know test round in January with um, you know um, uh, twenty or so wonderful guinea pigs from the state of Washington um, <laughs> who who got in on our workshop early, uh, and you know I was sitting in the workshop thinking this thing is amazing I love this this is this is really better than the eight hour in person event. And that isn't to say that Farm Commons won't at some point deliver in-person workshops again. It's very likely that we will because as a farming community, we, we just don't get those chances often enough to gather in person. And there still are many virtues to that. But I think we've learned a lot through putting this curriculum online, through leaning in deeply to our to our values and to what really works for the farming community. And now I'm excited to take a look at uh, the in-person workshop and say, well, okay, how can we take the best of the online one and continue to, to provide that kind of experience um, in person? At the same time, one of the biggest realizations that I had about halfway through, honestly, developing the online um, workshop was, oh my goodness, this means that farm law education is available to any farmer nationwide at any time. Now, sure, that doesn't mean like exactly the middle of the night because we have these weekly meetings that you, like you said, so, you know, it's a five session um, experience um, and there is pre-work and, and a workbook and things like that. So yeah, it's semi-structured, semi but any farmer anywhere has the opportunity to um, to take this workshop and to experience their creative power to, to shape farm law. That wasn't something we necessarily like were going for. Again, I mean, COVID forced our hand to produce this, but it was an, an amazing benefit that, that came out of it. Um, and, and now our workshops gather farmers from around the country. You know, any number of states are, are represented and we get to have conversations that are, that are really diverse and enriched by those geographic perspectives um, that, uh, that we have. I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about that, about ways that we're also trying to connect farmers around the country um, and get a broader based dialogue going um, about farm law, both within the workshop and, um, and outside of it. Yes, lots of connections are being had between farmers on both coasts in the middle of the country and the south and this has been possible with the virtual conversion of the workshop so of course during our two hour we limited it to two hours zoom meetings uh, there is a core presentation of tools in support of the the farm law action plan but then farmers break out into small groups where they brainstorm and they they share issues that they want to work on and then open up for other peers to share insights and help them reframe obstacles into solutions. And um, for, for those Zoom breakout rooms, we usually set the timer for, you know, however many minutes, let's say 15. And then there's another minute uh, for folks to, to leave the room where they, they're invited to join the main room. And without fail, every small group activity, folks always take the full time as well as the additional minute to continue to network and engage and, and work on the activities together. And I think that's, that's because um, farmers often go to their peers for, for their questions regarding um, farm production, farm business management. Um, peers are a trusted source of wisdom. And also because farmers are usually on on 
their properties in the fields, um, maybe doing deliveries, but dur during the pandemic, that their kind of like natural state of um, being often alone in the field is amplified through social distancing and isolation. So a lot of farmers have expressed how grateful they are to have this dedicated time to connect with their peers during a time that's that's very isolated. And because of that, the conversations have been so vivid and imaginative and really engaging and that energy that builds through the small group activities during each of the, the workshop meetings. Um, we we were like oh how do we preserve that how do we keep these conversations going beyond the two hour zoom meeting and so what we put together is this virtual space for question sharing story sharing recommendation sharing that is a, in a lot of ways like a social network platform but really it's so much more it's a community building platform and uh we have purchase our own software to run this network and um, nobody else but Farm Commons is, is, is involved. And so we kind of have our own version of, I hate to say it, but it's the main uh, example. It's our own version of Facebook. <laughs> and so every, every Farm Commons member gets access to the Commons community where they can post questions um, or discussion threads and weigh in on their peers' questions, uh, ask for attorney, uh, lender, and um, insurance agent recommendations for different regions of the country. And so there's so much going on on the common space where workshop conversations are being continued regarding insurance business structures, um, stories of navigating uh, unpredictable issues that have come up on a farm property and how to get that insured and resource sharing. So it's really exciting community space that we've put together on the commons that we're calling it the commons community and it's one of the perks of being within the, the farm commons community it's like literally a community space <laughs> in the virtual in the virtual space and we weren't sure about it at first we were like oh you know not another you know social media platform that's like the last thing we need but we we, we reframed our thinking and and focus more so on how can we have an additional modality for farmer to farmer problem solving and wisdom sharing that isn't just you know doesn't have to be couched within a dedicated time period on an agenda in the zoom meeting and isn't clogging up emails but is a space that farmers can really curate and run with and you know post whenever they want whether it's at lunchtime or 3 a.m because they can't sleep because they have this legal question looming large in their mind and they need an outlet and they want to talk to one of their peers or farm common staff about it the, com the commons community is the place where they can do this and the great news is farmers are using it they're asking questions and and the way that the commons community works is every time someone asks a question and it gets responded to it becomes archived and we've heard from several farmers already who have gone to the to the commons community have started typing in a question that they had only to find another farmer had already asked that question and a response was waiting for them so there's some instant gratification going on there as well as the affirmation that you as a farmer are not alone. Other farmers have similar, if not the same questions. And y'all are navigating similar issues with your farm businesses, whether your farm business is in Minnesota, where Rachel is, 
or in North Carolina where I am. Um, and that has been one of the really exciting aspects of our virtual transition, uh, the creative power that farmers are realizing through the workshop experience and amplifying gets to be um, expanded through conversation with peers on the Commons community platform. So really excited about that new offering that folks can access. And more to come, more to come. You know, I've loved talking about the workshops and the Commons community and all the fun stuff, but uh, we couldn't even fit it all in. You know, we want to do, we're going to do webinars and forums and things like that coming up real soon here. We just, you know, we had to work really hard to get this far. <laughs> For sure. For sure. And, um, you know, our, our reach just slightly exceeded our grasp, but don't worry. We have even more coming. Um, look forward to those webinars and those forums um, where we're going to discuss all kinds of you know, late-breaking issues in farm law and, um, and help share that perspective uh, from farmers around the country as we all work towards, towards resilience. It's been, it's been really fulfilling um, to, to walk this journey along with farmers as well. No one has escaped COVID. Maybe somebody, but I haven't found them yet. Seems to me, no one, no nonprofit, no farmer, no business has escaped what this pandemic means. And it has been um, a privilege and a joy to walk the path along with farmers to experience what does this mean? How do we live into ourselves more? How do we you know, continue with our values in light of how stressed and how difficult and how much work it is to figure out how to navigate this new world. So, um, you know, I know there's many farmers out there that, that struggled more than we did and had to make, you know, even bigger pivots to new business models. Um, and it's, it's been um, humbling to see that process for the community that we serve um, and also a privilege to be able to walk that path ourselves and come up with something that we think is, is, is even better. Uh, than, um, than the path that, that we were on. And hopefully it's there to make sure that all of these changes farmers have made to, to accommodate COVID, that resilience is waiting for them too, that, uh, that this does mean a stronger business in the end and a stronger, stronger sustainable agriculture community for all of us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Farm Commons podcast. For more information on what you just heard, as well as a variety of farm law guides, models, checklists, flowcharts, and more, visit our website at farmcommons.org. You can also email us at info at farmcommons.org if you have any questions or comments about this podcast or any of our online materials. Thanks everyone for listening, and keep on growing.